Welcome to Conspiracy What, the show where we talk about mysteries and all kinds of weird happenings across the world. Uh, today, we are talking about one of the weirdest beginnings of our country. That was a good sentence. I'm Cameron. <laughs> I'm Allie. And I'm Sarah. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the mystery of Roanoke Island, which is definitely a weird one. So a lot of people, or at least a lot of the stories that we have heard throughout the years, begin with John White coming back to find the colony disappeared. But that's not the beginning of the story. It doesn't tell us anything about why they were even there in the first place. Mm -hmm. I mean, why do you think they were there in the first place? A lot of people just assume it was because they were fleeing the persecution of whatever, but that's not the truth. Actually, England was in its golden age. Queen Elizabeth, who we all know that I love, was in charge and England was doing pretty well, except for one thing, and that is their enemies, the Spanish. The, the Spanish, Spanish are, they were troublemakers and they wanted to fight England and push buttons, which is a really strange story. Let's, let's get into it. Okay. So in 1577, the queen gets a letter, which this is the title of the letter, which I think is absolutely hilarious. It's called A Discourse, How Her Majesty May Annoy the King of Spain by fitting out ships of war under pretense of letters patent to discover and inhabit strange places. Okay, when I read that, I thought you had like made a joke in ye old English or something. And nope. It's real. It's 100% a real <laughs> letter that happened. And Queen Elizabeth was like, uh, yeah, let's do that. Yep. Sounds good. We need to upset the King of Spain, which is funny because the King of Spain at the time was her brother-in-law. He was married to her sister, Bloody Mary. And then when Mary died, he went back to Spain and then the feuding started. So that's a whole thing too, hmm. you know, fighting with the in-laws. Um, and then in 1578, the patent was granted to Sir Humphrey Gilbert, who made a couple of voyages to the New World and pirated. He was mostly just trying to find the Northwest Passage to China, which I want to talk about in another episode about the terror and the Erebus, but that's for another time. Those are great stories as well. Yeah. Obviously, he didn't find the Northwest Passage and didn't establish a colony and absolutely failed at what he was trying to do. Then in 1583, Gilbert and Sir Walter Raleigh head for the New World to establish a colony, and they had to turn around because of the lack of supplies, which you probably should have planned that out better, I'm guessing, but whatever. Okay, so the first time they did it, they didn't have supplies, and then they didn't have enough supplies, like, the next time. <laughs> yeah, they're, they are pretty bad at planning. Um, Come on. I don't know how you messed that up twice. That's embarrassing. Yeah, that's just a that's major fail. Well, and their fault probably is that their ship was called the Squirrel. Um, one of the ships, <laughs> oh, yeah, anyway. <laughs> and the ship sank and killed everybody on board. Um, and Sir this is Walter, not really funny, but it's kind it, of funny. <laughs> well. I mean, they're they were not prepared. They were not ready. They were just trying to get a leg up on Spain and got a little bit ahead of themselves. 
But Sir Walter Raleigh was okay and he survived, which is good because if anyone listened to the episode about Queen Elizabeth being a man, you will remember that he was her love interest and he's the one whose wife mysteriously fell down the stairs and died accidentally. So there's yeah, a lot of weirdness around that, that guy. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> there's it's so complicated. I love this history. All right. Okay. So like we said, the Spanish and English were fighting a contentious battle. And at this time, they weren't actually at war yet. They just liked to go over and steal each other's ships. So it's just this back and forth, nonstop, just stealing each other's ships. And then England kind of realized, oh, geez, they have been in the New World for a long time and are bringing back tons of riches. And that's why they have so many ships. They are an incredibly wealthy nation. And we want to get in on that. So that is why they sent over colonists. It wasn't because they were just exploring or they were fleeing religious persecution or they were bored or something. They just wanted to take over Spain, basically. Sounds like an elementary school class, just like fighting over who gets the most star stickers on their chart. Absolutely. It's exactly the same thing. One thing that I really respect about Queen Elizabeth is that she actually had a decree that her colonization was going to be better than those savage Spanish. And she was going to make sure that all of her people colonizing would learn the indigenous language, first of all, which is great. Second of all, they'd learn the culture. And third, they would find a way to peacefully trade and make it beneficial for both sides to keep relations positive. Whereas the Spanish did all sorts of horrific acts and just pillaged and plundered. And um, I'm not going to get into everything they did because we would have to put an enormous trigger warning on this entire podcast. (laughs) Pillaged and plundered after they accidentally killed people with disease, which is still my favorite thing. Not exactly the best wartime crew. They were more of a, we show up and accidentally fuck things up crew and then (laughs) take what we have. All right. But let's get into Roanoke Island. Roanoke Island. Do we already mention it's in North Carolina for those who don't know? I don't think so. So that's, that is a good distinction because a lot of people get it confused with Virginia. Yeah. This is in north carolina and for those who also don't know we're talking about roanoke island right so it's also an island which is part of part of what adds to the conspiracy a bit for me well it's not an island anymore is it right because the water levels have gone down so now it's all just on the mainland Mm -hmm. no it's kind of it's still an island but there uh, a lot of the local geography has definitely changed yeah and we also built roads to go to the island but they didn't have those then it's not a very big island either so it's not like you like lose people and you have to go searching this huge island i think how big is it it's not it's like 17 square miles or something like that yeah 17.95 square miles so it's not huge Mm -hmm. at all um so the fact that they lost anyone on it is kind of amazing (laughs) I mean, the fact that they found the island in the first place is impressive. And the fact that they found it several times. I'm not a ship captain. I I know that surprises everyone, me living in a landlocked state. But that is just fascinating to me that they had such great navigational skills that they're like, every time, nailed it. Yep. Same island. Yeah, I thought that was pretty crazy, actually, because they were talking about how they make the maps and something that I was reading. And... 
they were like, it could change like in the middle of the journey as you realize like, oh, the coastline's a little bit longer right here. So let me just redraw this map really quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I said to Ali, I think it was yesterday, I was I was talking about the map making stuff, which we'll get into because that's one of the theories. Um goes into the maps, but I was like, it's it was more of an art, not a science, because they kind of just they kind of just drew what they saw. So uh with with Roanoke Island, like the biggest point that I wanted to hit on is it is about two to three miles, roughly, maybe a little more from um, the mainland. So it, even so like this colony that disappeared, even if they disappeared into the mainland, they still had to travel three miles over ocean water, which is not easy i guess i never thought about that yeah i hadn't thought about it until we just started recording like how deep is it well and they said that they couldn't even see the mainland from the island and oh one other thing i wanted to point out in all of the reading if you're going to do a deep dive like we did on this they often in the old text refer to the main m-a-i-n-e and they they are both referring to the mainland but also m-a-i-n-e was a a word for coastline they didn't have that word back then. And so a lot of people get confused with the mainland and what they're saying is the coastline. So okay. that's confusing too. Anyway. Yeah. And uh, so the, the area that they would have crossed over is the um, is called the Croatan Sound. And it is roughly 10 to 20 feet deep, depending on the time of the year and constantly moving. So it's basically a river more than anything like that's the easiest way to describe it so they would have had to cross a approximately 15 foot river with why is this never mentioned <laughs> i don't actually know to be honest because i don't actually think it's anything that i really ever see and i had never thought about it until we started but that's a bit of a problem it's a little bit of a problem but yeah i just wanted to bring that up because either way either way they either cross a mile of water to get off in going east which will get them to a different land bridge or they go the other direction which is three miles but that gets them to the mainland which is safer and we do know that there are artifacts from the mainland which means they probably went that direction at least some of them did Mm -hmm. somehow they crossed three miles of river which is a lot that's like no joke well Um, and they i mean they were left with a few small boats um i can't remember what they were called them i have it somewhere in my notes but they had you know over a hundred people yeah. that they would have to ferry back and forth over this treacherous river ocean thing right unless they just pulled a rope across and everyone just held on but i don't think that would have worked out well. <laughs> three miles roanoke colony the original circus in america um but yeah so that that's just like a good little like visual on how this island works it's it's not exactly just like the easiest thing for these people to just up and leave especially not with their stuff which they didn't bring a lot of stuff but they still did bring things with them but i just i don't know this just seems it seems like a lot honestly well and most of them probably could not swim at all i mean in a lot of the writings that uh, i was reading from both Walter Raleigh and uh, John White was that the they described the, the natives as lusty fellows, which today that sounds creepy, but it just meant <laughs> that they were strong. 
they were strong, they were athletic, and that they were good swimmers. They were very impressed with what good swimmers they were. And also the English, like their clothes, you can't, they, they wore such big, billowy, fancy clothing. Yeah. They, they for sure would have just drowned like rocks for sure. Or they would have all had to strip down. So a giant 100 crew colony stripped to the bones, mm-hmm. swimming across a three mile river, carrying their stuff. Yeah. Why don't we get into the story <laughs> rather than worrying about this river? Anyway, so long. Uh, so quick timeline here. So in 1586, there were a bunch of soldiers that were left behind. This was the very first group of people that were stationed on the island to kind of set up relations and everything and prepare for the actual colonists. And then the people who set them there just left, returned to England and went to bring the actual colony who was going to come and set up shop there, basically. And during that time, within just, I think it was weeks, maybe months at most of being there, the infamous Silver Cup incident happens. And this is a story that I had never heard of before in regards to the Roanoke situation. But apparently one of the indigenous people stole a silver cup from one of the English. And since they didn't bother to learn anything about the culture, they just thought that this guy was stealing just to be a a thieving jerk. And really what he was doing was that was a way of proving manliness is to take something from your enemies without hurting anyone. And that is that carried on through cultures for a long, long time. And so what did the English do when a single silver cup was stolen? They burned down the entire village and destroyed all of the native crops. I love white people. Because that's a completely (laughs) rational thing to do. And so obviously they ruined all, all of their their relations with the natives and made things very difficult, which is going to play into why it was so dangerous for the colonists to come back after the Silver Cup incident. <laughs> so good job, guys. Oh my God. That's the reason why they were all worried about the natives. Yep. I mean, probably a main reason. Yeah. And then obviously after that, it just, the there was battles between the different tribes and they attacking some of the the soldiers and everything, which gets into what happens when the colony first lands. So I guess, long story short, um, so in 1585, Sir Walter Raleigh, 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 Raleigh. (laughs) Sir Walter Raleigh (laughs) forms the first Roanoke colony, but they were really bad at it. And um, as I named the outline, they roanoped it right out of there. They heated. They were only there for about a year, and it was a year of suffering. Absolute suffering. Because these jack wagons didn't realize that there wasn't going to be any shops over there, and so they didn't know how to farm. They didn't know how to make anything. They just were a bunch of nobles strutting around, hoping someone would give them a piece of food. <laughs> Idiots. So in 1587-ish, uh, Roanoke Colony Part 2 comes back. Um, and that's with the John White that we know and we're going to hear about um, with this whole case. Yeah. I have to wonder how many people were named John White. I imagine a lot. There was actually there was a video I watched on YouTube and I'll add the link. But um, somebody was just it was a very serious video about all of this. And at the very end, they're like, and why is everybody named John? 
Yeah, that's accurate. Everyone is either named John or Catherine in this time period, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's John and Catherine. <laughs> yeah, so um, they also kind of sucked at it this second time around. And so John White had to leave to return to England. And he had to go get more resources and ask for help because they were failing again. Yeah, and just for like reference, the colonizers kind of sucked for like the next 40 tries. And then really didn't get a good handle on it until about the 1900s. So, yeah. And then they started to understand it, really started to adjust their laws. And then in 2000, they kind of got some shit together. And now (laughs) now we're kind of wandering a bit, but we'll get there. We're kind of going back to the whole not knowing what we're doing and hoping someone will save us. If you left most of us on Roanoke Island with a tent we would not survive. We'd all For disappear sure. as well. For so, sure. Get, leave a hundred people with just some really heavy clothing, a couple cabins and like no food or navigation skills and like one boat. They'll still disappear. And Let's a bunch of indigenous people that don't trust you. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> that exactly. also won't help. Um, another thing I wanted to mention about like the landing on Roanoke and everything, that's not where they wanted to be. That is not where they wanted to land because they, on the, I think it was the second time over when they went to find the 15 soldiers, they came back and found a skeleton and found the entire fort abandoned and they never found any of the 15 soldiers again. So they're also disappeared. But then on the third go, there was a captain who was named Fernando, uh, Simon Fernando. And he was a privateer, so he was like a pirate, and he had other things on his mind, and he didn't care about all these people, he just wanted to dump them off. So he dumped them off at Roanoke Island, and the people were like, oh, this island is not where we want to be, we're going to get back on the ship. And he was like, deuces, and he also yeeted, and left them on Roanoke when really they wanted to be originally on Croatone Island, or Croatan Island, depending on what you read, which is now present-day Hatteras Island. So that'll be confusing if you're reading it, but I'm breaking which it down is, for you so you don't have to get like confused. 50 to 60 miles to the south, right? Yes. I thought it was to the north. See, that's what I thought too, but I'm looking at Google now and I'm now seeing that it's to the south. Well, so. I don't believe Google because it's more an art form, right? Isn't that what we've decided <laughs> about maps? It's an I art form. If, I don't know if that applies to Google at the moment, but maybe. I'm pretty sure, pretty sure it does. Yeah. Google is an art form. <laughs> Either way, where they were supposed to be was like 50 miles away from where they wanted to be. And the poor colonizers did not realize that they had that they were on an island with a bunch of people that hated them. And that's how they started. It was a good, good start, guys. It must have been really annoying to be just dropped off by a boat at that time because they didn't move very fast. They were huge. Mm -hmm. So you have to just watch as it slowly drifts away and you could probably swim to catch up to it, but you can't get on it. So it wouldn't help you to try and catch up to it. That would just be annoying. It'd be like if someone dropped you off, like for us, like in Denver, when you were trying to get to the Springs and they just drove away at one mile per hour, but you couldn't get in the car. like this. Yeah, exactly. Middle fingers like, bye. It would be extremely irritating. <laughs> you have to watch your only lifeline drift away at a snail's pace. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. hilarious. So um, on top of all of that demise, 
um, John White makes it back to England and then basically simultaneously the Spanish Armada attacks. And so rather than staying for like, I think he planned for like five, six months or something, he was there for three years. Yes. And good for this guy. He tried several times to come back, but Queen Elizabeth had issued a a stay at port where no boats could go out. Every single boat had to be ready to fight the Spanish Armada. And this poor guy, he tried everything to get back to his family, but no can do. At least it wasn't completely not worth it because she did considerably fuck over the Spanish Armada. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. England definitely annihilated them, which. Yeah, we talked about that them. in the Queen Elizabeth episode. But yeah, yeah, yeah they they royally messed up the. They definitely messed up the Spanish's plans for what they were trying to do. Did not work out well for them at all. Yep. And so this is where the story we all know starts is when he finally does manage to return in about 1590. Um, He doesn't find anybody. All the hundred or so settlers are gone. And the only thing that they found was the word Croatoan and C-R-O written on a tree. It says tree in some things, but it's actually like a post of like... It was both actually. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah and the cro is actually found closer to shore um it was oh. the first sign that he saw and he didn't know what it meant originally obviously because he hadn't gotten straight to the civilization yet and then he realized that they were all gone and that Karotoan was written on another tree yeah so but we're missing one part here that i like nobody else mentions in their stories so i want to be one of the first to bring this breaking news from hundreds of years ago Okay, so when when they arrived at Roanoke for the last time, I guess, uh, they send over these smaller boats to try and get to the island. And on this ship was a guy named Captain Spicer. And he went along on his little boat and everything. And they were trying to, this is where the river thing comes back in and the dangerous, treacherous waters around Roanoke comes in, is he was trying to get to the island and it was just a downpour, an absolute downpour. And the seas were all over the place. It tipped over their ship and everybody died. They lost all their gunpowder. They lost all their supplies and everything. And so all the other sailors wanted to turn around and go home and say, no, we're not going to do this again. Um, But then they decided to come back. And that is when this second attempt is when they found the Croatoan stuff. And I have a huge long quote about it, which you guys can find it's all written in old timey English, pretty tricky to read, kind of boring, but it basically says that there is nobody there. And Oh, another interesting thing about the language, they say that they tried to find the planters, which I assumed was like, you know, something you would plant food in and stuff. That's, that is not what it meant. The planters referred to colonizers. So colonizer equals planter, which I thought was interesting. So anytime you're reading that, that's what he's talking about. That took me a lot of research. That makes sense because they didn't really, they weren't great at agriculture. Oh, they were the worst. They couldn't do anything for themselves. Like this, okay, this should be a a cautionary tale. Everybody out there, if all you can do is play your Wii or whatever kids are playing these days, but go out and learn a trade for God's sakes, please learn how to do something, learn how to do anything because eventually you're going to need it. I mean, at least learn how to like cultivate corn, at the very least. 
it's very useful. When I was so. researching this at work, somebody had left a Girl Scouts handbook on the on the desk, and I was like, "Wow, this!" It was like an old one. It was <laughs> like from the '60s, and I'm like, "They actually taught us things then." Many to peruse. You know, people say they would do a lot of things that they could go back in time, but maybe if someone went back and just handed Roanoke Colony a Girl Scouts handbook, <laughs> it might have saved the entire colony. We wouldn't be talking about it if they had a Girl Scout handbook from 1970. Oh, man. Wouldn't that be wild? Pictures in a book for them. That would be, <laughs> you'd be hung as a witch. But that's a different, <laughs> that's a different conspiracy. So. Wait a minute. You're telling me that girls can read? Witch. So let's go a little more in depth into the, into the clues, yeah. shall we? Uh, so the people that were missing, I do want to bring this up. So like John White isn't just like some random guy who like, he like he had left his family there. And when I say family, like he left his daughter, his wife, and his granddaughter, including his son-in-law as well, all there. So it's not like he left and was like, I don't care. As we mentioned, he did want to come back. He kind of needed to come back because his family was there. Again, he had a granddaughter there. So he had stake in finding people, which makes it even worse that he couldn't actually find them because he did actually want to find them. And one of the things that we'll kind of talk about, but I did want to bring it up real quick, is when he found Croatoan, and we'll talk about why, but he actually originally had hope, which kind of makes his story very sad because mm-hmm. he had hope when he found it and then he couldn't find them in the, at the end of the day. So then he just lost all hope. But I mean, again, this is a time where not a lot of this country is mapped out and they don't really know it that well. Neither are they great at at navigating or surviving or doing anything other than bothering people and taking their shit but (laughs) they like if you go one direction in a forest and i don't know if anyone's ever been in a forest before like off trail again there were no trails at this time so if anyone's ever been off trail in a forest if you turn left slightly at just like one degree slight you'll go a completely different direction than someone who didn't so that's all it takes to lose someone in this case. So it could have been very, very easy to just lose people and not be able to follow them. And they weren't great at tracking. So not their specialty, (laughs) but yeah, let's go, let's go deeper. Let's go deeper into the initial clues that they found. So they actually found a little more than just like the word Croatoan on a tree, which is pretty much what most basic stories will tell you. Um, but one of the weirdest things that I saw is that all of the buildings had been disassembled. Carefully. So, yeah. And that takes time, which means they didn't leave in a hurry or they weren't forced to leave in a hurry or they won't, weren't just like kidnapped. I mean, I guess they could have been, but somebody took the time to disassemble all the buildings. <laughs> Maybe yeah. we can bring it all across the Three Mile River with us. <laughs> just the whole thing. Yeah. Just bring the whole house. Maybe they brought part of it, but the guy who was in the boat last and was supposed to bring over the supplies after everyone else made it to the shore, he just got swept down the river Mm. just with all of their supplies gone. Yeah. So there were no buildings left Um, there. The fort was kind of like carved out in like a little, like almost like a diamond star kind of shape. So like you could tell that's where it was supposed to be because it was still like a weird little dugout, but pretty much everything else is gone. So the houses that I read about, the way that they were put together during this time period was 
really labor intensive and only the people who put it up would really know how to take it down in a way that wouldn't have completely destroyed it. So that's another indication that it was probably the people who originally set it up were the same that took it down. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So it (laughs) just adds fuel to the weird fire. Another thing that uh, John White and his crew were looking for, I guess they had instructed the colonists to carve a Maltese cross, which is like the shorter cross. (laughs) I don't know how to explain it very well on the podcast. It's like a Templar's cross. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, But shorter and Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's like a squatty Templar's cross. (laughs) Yeah. It looks Uh, all piratey. Yeah. It is. But they were supposed to carve one of those into a tree if they were forced to leave against their will. But I don't know, like, how feasible that request is. Like, if you get kidnapped, <laughs> who's going to carve that into a tree? <laughs> yeah, or you could be carving croatoan, and then you were about to carve the cross, and then you get yourself kidnapped. Yeah. So they didn't find one, so they assumed that they weren't forced to leave. But again, I don't know <laughs> how... That is important for later, though. It is important for one of the uh, pieces of evidence that we'll find later. We'll go into that. So, yeah. um, And as Sarah's mentioned a couple times now, bad weather seems to be a really fun thing that keeps happening, that keeps ruining things. Um, Because another problem with this is that it actually took so long for them to come back and actually look for them. So what I read is that it actually took John White 12 years to come back. You mean after all of this? Yeah, I saw I, that this was I in here. I find the timelines kind of strange. Yeah. I What I did read originally is that when he first found it, he did go search. What I read is that he did actually try to go to the island, but he didn't make it. Yeah. But that right, he didn't right. find any evidence that they had gone that direction anyway. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't necessarily imperative for him to go all the way there which I thought was North, but now it's South. Apparently Uh, it it didn't, it wasn't really necessary for him to go that far South, which was a long way. I mean, that's 50 miles. It's not easy to just pick up and leave. So he, from what I understand, searched the mainland and they still didn't really find any traces of them, which is where their, their whole investigation, you know, quote unquote, whatever investigation you could do in the late 1500s, but it kind of just fell apart at that point. So, yeah. Well, and also on their way to Croton Island, um, they, a storm came up and they were blown 23 miles out to sea and they lost all but one anchor. And Mm -hmm. so the captain said, you know, there's no way that we can safely go back to the Island and try to find anyone when we only have one anchor again not a not a captain don't know how ships work but i'm assuming that you need multiple anchors when you have an enormous ship that you're trying to control in rough seas but that's just bad luck after bad luck after bad luck yeah so i i i don't know i found this timeline and i thought it was funny but i guess it seems like every time that they try to come back and do more searching there's bad weather I guess at some point, John White went against the queen to come back and search. Correct. Yes. And so he tried to go back again. And then there was more bad weather, basically. And he had to go back. And then he was arrested for treason. So that's fun. And then the next year, another guy by the name of Bartholomew 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 Gilbert. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He tried to go look for them, too. And then they were... Plagued by bad weather again, blown ashore, and uh, apparently murdered by all of the natives. Yay! Yay! 
So it's kind of hard to say like how much actual investigation was able to be done to find them, but it took so long that like, who knows where they could have gone by the time we got around to looking. I mean, in theory, by the time that John White was taken in for treason. Wait, John White was was arrested for treason? That's what I read. That, I, but, I mean, I know that for sure that Sir Walter Raleigh was, but John White, he went to Roanoke in 1590 and he was dead by 1593. Oh. Okay, well, whatever the fuck I read, what did you? apparently wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so just ignore me. Well, I I'm, was reading mostly exclusively from one book called The Lost Colony and Hatteras Island by Scott Dawson. And I followed his timeline exactly. And that was what he said was that basically John White kept trying to go back more for family reasons than anything. And um, so 1593, he dies. And in his last letter, he wrote, I greatly joyed that I had found a certain token of their safe being at Croatoan, which is the place where Manteo, who was an indigenous man, was born. And the savages of that island are friends which is nice to put friends and savages in the same sentence because that makes a lot of sense. But for sure, Sir Walter Raleigh was arrested for, um, I mean, he was part of this expedition. He was the main one that helped fund it and everything because he was uh, friends, air quotes, with Queen Elizabeth. And he was arrested by King James. And he was the one that was put in prison for like 12 years, I think. And that's where he he wrote a book while he was there. And then he was set free, and then he went back over there and attacked Spanish galleons and started up trouble, even though the Spanish and English had found peace at this time. And so that's why he got in big trouble is because he started started up the trouble again, and King James did not like that. Okay. It's complicated. So just completely ignore whatever I said. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like the who, whatever you read probably mixed up Yeah, Raleigh and Raleigh and uh john white but yeah he he looks it's possible that he died in uh ireland i did want to say mm-hmm. he was born in 1539 he died in 1593 just a flip it's all yeah i know yeah things let's talk about the word croatoan itself oh yes this is like my favorite part of this and it has also inspired a lot of like episodes of like weird shows including supernatural (laughs) yeah it was one of my favorite things when i first when i was a lot younger and i first got into this conspiracy because i loved this one since i was very young but this was always like my favorite part just because it's a very ominous thing you just leave a word on a tree hoping someone will know where you went and go there yes yeah so you would think that, as we've mentioned already, the, the nearby island is named Croatoan. So you would think that that just means, that's where we're going. Check there. But the word means so much more. <laughs> so the, this colony's disappearance is not the only bad thing or the only disappearance that has happened in tandem with the appearance of the word Croatoan. Right. And I, it is thought to be a combo. They're not positive of where the word comes from. But what I read is they think there's a possibility that it actually might be a combo of two um, Algonquin words, which is talk town or camp council town, mm-hmm. but that it wasn't actually, it was a settler term is what they think. Yep. So it was like a, it was just them like taking two of their words and just slamming them together. But yeah, talk well, town or council town. They also mispronounced it. It originally was pronounced 
Kura Wotang. And then That's not similar at all. The the English mispronounced it as Croatone. That that just um. leads me to believe even more <laughs> that that thing where we're like maybe Southern was actually the accent the original English had, since Shakespeare sounds better when you say it in a Southern accent. Um, <laughs> it, it just leads me to believe that that's even more true. So what you're saying is the English cursed this word. I'm I'm saying no. What I was saying is that <laughs> I think they probably sounded like Southerners and they were like Crowtown, 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 Crowtown. Y'all trying to say Crowtown? <laughs> I don't I don't know if that's how people typically imagine English explorers, <laughs> but. <laughs> Yeah, anytime uh, I'm thinking about English in the Elizabethan era, that's the accent I hear for sure. We, we got to stop Spanish Armada, y'all. <laughs> okay. The English courts in the 1500s. They're fixing to take over. I had some creepy stuff to talk about. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Yep. So the word Croton was probably cursed by the English Southerners um, and now has caused or been part of multiple disappearances after this. So as far as I can tell, the Croatoan one on the island with this Roanoke case is the first one. Like the but first usage of so the word? The first usage of the word, you mean? Yes. That's oh, what okay. I want you to think. Yes. Ooh. Mm. Or maybe the indigenous planted that word. Like, yeah, use this word. Nothing bad will happen if you use this word. Exactly. So I'm going to start with Edgar Allan Poe. God rest his soul. Yes. Oh, bless him. God rest his wonderful so if you know anything about when he died he actually disappeared for a short time just before he died and when he returned he was like completely delirious and it's alleged that one of the last words that he said was croatoan yeah but i guess i was also reading that the i guess there were like reports of when he was dying and those have been lost so we don't actually know what he was saying yeah, let, let's just real quick with uh, with Edgar Allan Poe. People just kind of assume that his last words were anything that they needed to be at the time. I wouldn't be surprised to see someone be like his last words were McDonald's because at this point they've literally <laughs> changed his last words so many times. Um, but yeah, I mean, possibly maybe he said Croatoan. I think he said... God help me or God help my poor soul or something like that. Conspiracy what? But anyway, yeah, no one really knows completely what Edgar Allan Poe's last words were. So we could we could say it's Croton. Uh, That's what I want to believe. Um it was just it just said one of the last words. So as he's saying, God rest my soul, he also says Croton. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine him like doing the whole bleh, like I'm dead thing, and then he pops up, his eyes open, ah, Croton. Then that again. <laughs> so just to expand on this real quick, it's supposed that uh, this would have been before he was actually in the hospital, which is where he did say his last words or possibly on a bench. Again, his story is weird, <laughs> but we think he died in uh, Washington College Hospital. Uh, where his last words were technically, Lord, help my poor soul. However, the rumor is that before he went to the hospital, he had been walking around in a state of delirium and he was muttering the word croatoan, which is actually creepier, I think, than a last word. So. All right. Goals. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So there's another one in 1888. uh, A stagecoach robber by the name of Black Bart had carved the word into uh, the wall of his cell just before he was released from prison and then he was never seen or heard from again. 
So that was just a straight up disappearance. Um, same thing with Amelia Earhart. Uh, the word was found in her journal after she disappeared in 1937. Um, That's spooky. Yeah. The, the last bed that horror writer Ambrose Bierce slept in before he disappeared in Mexico um, was had the word Croto and carved into one of the posts. And that was in 1913. Mm. And then in 1921, uh, Croatone was written on the last page of the logbook of the ship uh, Carol A. Deering when it was crashed on Cape Hatteras near Croatone Island. <laughs> and the ship was missing its entire crew. Ooh. So just the boat crashed, not the crew. Yeah. So basically, long story short, the word causes bad stuff. And we've been saying it for the last, what, hour? Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're screwed. If we go disappeared, it was not of our own volition. <laughs> Please look for us. And don't send John White because he won't find us. We're in landlocked Colorado, so there's a lot of places for us to go. <laughs> oh. Okay. Let's talk so, about some theories. Let's, yeah. Let's go into like the easiest explanation here, right? Which is that Croatown Island was nearby. They had good relations with the people there. It would make sense that that's where they went. Uh, so they carved it into the tree, letting them know that's where they went. It had actually been kind of a halfway plan, if anything can actually happen, that that would be one of the places, one of two that John White had discussed with his family that they would go. Uh, so he was actually, as we mentioned earlier, he was hopeful because the word was there. That meant they had to have gone that way. Um, however, that kind of isn't what happened as we said uh it's it's most likely the case that they didn't it it doesn't seem like they went that way they didn't really have the means to go to the island to be honest there wasn't really an easy way for them to get to the island they didn't have the boat that they needed and as we've seen you can get swept out 23 miles and lose an anchor when you have the proper equipment and the proper people so trying to take smaller boats to get that there is not completely feasible. Um, so the, maybe they went to the mainland, which is the other thing that White believed, because they had originally also planned on going to a very specific point in the mainland um, as kind of another moving route. But there's not really, again, it's, it's hard to say whether or not there's actually a sign. For that. So the natives that the colony at Roanoke would have had the most interaction with were the Croatan and the Sikotan. And those tribes are just two of several that lived in the area. So there's still obviously room for, for there being a lot. And the population, I was doing some research, it would have been a lot more people than we thought. So in just one of the towns, there was an estimated 700 people living there. And then on Hatteras Island or in Hatteras Village, which would have been now we, we know as Croatone Island, would have had anywhere from 790 to 1,000 occupants. So it's like, it would be hard to wander around the island and not find somebody with such a small area. Yeah. Unless and, they all hid from them. Oh, that they definitely did. They definitely did for quite some time for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. um, 
mostly because I'm sure they had run-ins with the Spanish who are known for being horrible to indigenous people. And then you see another ship and it's like, oh, great, here we go again. Um, but another interesting thing about the two tribes is that they are, though they were different, they had, as far as we can tell, the same culture, like cultural aspects. They also spoke the same language, but they were enemies. So kind of like, um, I don't know, Colorado and Florida or something. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to bring that back to every episode just to make all the Floridians uh, unhappy with me. <laughs> just kidding. Love you guys. You have great oranges or something. Anyway. Speaking of white people and, and indigenous well, people. Yeah. So like the, the whole reason why all of that is important is because that's the main theory is that what happened is they assimilated into the tribes that yes. were nearby. So, Yeah. And I did some research on the assimilation theory, and actually it was a very common thought that that is what happened back in the, I guess it would have been King James time. And there were several people that went back over to Roanoke throughout the years. And they actually said, let me see if I can find this quote. Um, Okay. So, In 1701, John Lawson published a book called A New Voyage to Carolina, and his goal is to survey all of the native tribes in the area. And he said in his book that he assumed that colonizers had basically no choice but to live with the natives out of sheer desperation or out of violent coercion. So hashtag racist. And then in 1710, Missionary Reverend John Ermstone visited Crotone Island or Hatteras and said that he found um, the people there were mixed race and could read and speak English and that they were, quote, an offense to my own. So also still racist. Um, But that was very much the common consensus was that they they did assimilate and it was an abomination. That second one almost just sounds like propaganda to go against the natives more than anything. Just like, just like they offend us. So don't, don't look into it. Don't look too deeply, but I've been there. Okay. Okay, Let's talk about assimilation. So yay. Assimilation. (laughs) It's always been good for America, right? So great. So, yeah. So as we talked about there, there is later in the later 1600s and in the 1700s, they're like, oh, my God, these people have blue eyes. Rono colony assimilated, obviously, because the only white no here. one else had come <laughs> over to North America in that time. We know that for sure, let alone the Vikings years before. Let's not even get into that one. But the, yeah, so so obviously, obviously, it has to be the lost colony because who among the tens of thousands of people could it have been? Yeah, it must have been those horrible Roanoke colonists that like to assimilate. Gross. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Had to have been those that we can blame because they're not here. Um, so like, there's all this alleged evidence that um, the colonists and the indigenous tribes blended at some point. And so people are saying, you know, that's the proof that the Roanoke colony assimilated into the other tribes but what if the reason why they didn't go back to anything because like my question is if there's all these other settlements around 
And they probably knew of other, at least English settlements. Why didn't they go try and find one of those? Or at least Mm. have like one of the tribes show them the way or direct them in the right direction to another group of white people. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So there's a theory that they were actually taken forcibly as slaves or just kind of generally hostile by any of the local tribes. I guess there's, um, we, we all know on this podcast that eyewitness testimonies aren't really viable, but there Mm. is apparently people from, I always get this mixed up. Is it Jamestown? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Not Jonestown. No. no. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Different. Both uh, both full of weirdos, but no. Yeah. So apparently people from Jamestown claim to have seen um, like a, indigenous men forcing white people to do their work for them as slaves. Again, I don't know how common this was, but that is a theory. I'm not going to believe any witness testimony <laughs> from the 15 to 1600s. Call me crazy. Uh, yeah, I barely believe what they wrote down, to be honest. So, well, and especially like the white perspective on natives. Exactly. And yeah. that's my whole problem with like basically this entire assimilation theory. Yeah. Um, I do want to say the forcibly taken as slaves is hilarious for a lot of reasons uh, because one, the natives were not the Egyptians. They didn't have like this mass empire of slaves building (laughs) things for them. That would have been, I think that would have been like noted quite a few times if they had noticed that that would have been a lot. Um, But also, also who without proper votes would take a hundred people from an Island just to bring them 50 miles away on a death trip which is already a hard, it's already hard enough to get through that body of water just to get them, just to take them as slaves. No one's going to do that. It's not like they were that worth it. Also, there's just, yeah, there's just no reason why they would have. There's also no proof that they ever would have done that. Um, but going into, a, so going into the heavier part of the, the whole assimilation thing, uh, we can't go into this without talking about the Croatoan Archaeological Society, which is founded by a man named Scott Dawson, who wrote a book on this. Sarah apparently has that I mentioned earlier. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's apparently self-published. Looks like. I mean, a lot of his stuff is self-published. Um, this one is published by HistoryPress.com. Yeah. So. He says, so he, he's the founder of this archaeological society. They're a big piece of people researching it right now. Uh, he says that the pivotal element of the research is that people are skipping the fact that they found artifacts uh, from excavations that show that people from the late 1500s, I'm going to make this explicitly clear, that people, because we do not know who they, what colony they were from, that people from Europe Europe in the late 1500s and early 1600s dropped their shit occasionally around this area. That's not surprising (laughs) because people were colonizing the area. I need to make this explicitly clear because (laughs) he seems to think that people are just skipping out on that element. He's like, well, obviously this is from the Roanoke colony because it dates back to that time, which I also want to say dating artifacts is first of all, not as precise as just, dating it and then being like, well, this is definitely what happened. You can work from that point because you have a good basis. At least, you know, kind of the roundabout time it was there. 
However, even a 20 to 30 year gap in time and being incorrect can mean it was from a completely different colony. It can, it was from a completely different generation at that point. Generations did not last very long at this time, especially not from the colonizer standpoint. So just to say, he's saying that this is a pivotal element. I'm saying not a pivotal element that people are skipping because it doesn't prove anything. It, it doesn't tell you anything. So well, he claims that it tells you that they split up into two different things. He claims that it tells you that they split up and that they moved across one going one direction, one going the other direction. And his big thing is that the majority of the Roanoke colony specifically assimilated into the what is now Hatteras Island. He believes this also, by the way, he's a bit biased because he grew up on Hatteras Island. So this is part of where his bias comes from is he's like, well, I grew up here and I witnessed it, which doesn't amount to anything. I don't care if you lived 80 years there. It doesn't mean you can prove the mystery. Well, he also claims indigenous ancestry as well. Right. And that's that's the big thing is he's saying that this robs people of their ancestry. And now I do think that that could be fair. But also the biggest thing for me is that his quoted as saying it was made up. The mystery is over. So not only does he think that this is easy to solve and that we should just let it go. He also thinks that it was never actually a mystery at all. He does further get, go on to further say that he doesn't actually necessarily think it was ever a mystery and that anyone ever was looking for them. He thinks they always knew where they were. Yeah. That's um, and I, cause I read his book. Um, he does say that it very much is not a mystery and that everyone is just kind of trying to use this for profit and to, I don't know, keep this mystery alive because we're humans and that's what we like to do. But he said that it's really obvious that um, John White knew exactly where everybody was, which to be fair, there are, I did read John White's journal and I read um, some from even John Smith and from Sir Walter Raleigh and everybody was kind of agreeing that they didn't really see that there was a mystery either. Yeah. So I think that's where he's pulling from is a lot of these old writings where even John White himself was like, yeah, I'm pretty, pretty sure that they're just on Croton Island. We just couldn't get there kind of a thing. But yeah, we couldn't get there. So I just sailed back. To, I just sailed to Ireland and just I figured, yeah, I you know, <laughs> why, why go 50 miles when I can go hundreds? Yeah. That makes way more sense. Yeah. I don't, I don't agree with Scott Dawson's perspective on this at all. Cause I think it's lazy. I think it's, I think what he's doing is he's looking at European artifacts, which date from around that time, which doesn't mean anything. He's looking at the fact that the word Croatone was written on the tree, which that could mean that's where they were going, but also that doesn't mean that they got there. That's another mm. part of this with, that he's just not taking into account. That's very true. And he's also taking into account people who actually never were able to go physically look at Croatone Island so he is taking accounts from people who weren't actually witnesses to it, which is a terrible idea. That is, that's like with like, if we go back to our Mothman episode, that's like asking someone, did this person see Mothman? But the person you're asking was just like in town away from the event. Their opinion at the time honestly doesn't really matter because they don't have any say in it. They weren't a part of it. So I read a lot about, I didn't read his book, but I read a lot about what Scott Dawson thinks in his interviews. And I honestly just think he's lazy. 
I think to chalk it all up to it was made up and the mystery is over. I think it's just the pure laziness. I don't usually just like immediately just smack down a theory, but I'm at least willing to just smack him down. I don't even necessarily think he's wrong. I think he's lazy and I don't think he has any proof of what he's doing. Dang. So Burn. anyway, yeah. All right, Mr. Dawson, if you're listening, tell us what you think. <laughs> I'd be curious to know. Um, but yeah, essentially what the biggest point that I want to take away from this though, is that yes, they are finding tons of artifacts from around that time. And I think that's great. It doesn't mean it's from the road. So. Well, another thing that we have to remember is that there were the soldiers that were left on Roanoke before the colonists and they were never seen again. Right. So nobody, so like no one knows. On. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we know that a couple of them were killed, but I think I want to say 11 of them got away or no, it was, I think it was a total of 14 that got away because there was people on the, the shore fishing. So, um, some people definitely got away onto a ship sailing out to, I think they're headed towards the mainland, but no one ever heard from them again. Yeah. So similar conditions again, it, I, I just, I didn't see anything that Scott Dawson found that was actual evidence. Like it's, it's more just speculation based on the idea that there's artifacts from that time. So that's, that's his whole thing, but let's go into the, Virginia PARS map. That means Virginia land, I think. So there was this map that was actually watercolored by John White. And the British Museum had it, but they discovered by doing, I forget what kind of scans. I don't know if it was like infrared or x-ray or something, but they did some scans of this map and they found that he had actually put like a patch over this little marking on the map. And so I guess they used patches at this time to edit their maps. So you kind of just like pasted a little piece of paper over something to get rid of your mistake. It's like colonial whiteout. <laughs> so he had whited out this like tiny little four pointed star that was uh, kind of red and blue. And it was about 50 miles inland from the original uh, Roanoke settlement. And so I guess there's this theory that white, had put this on the map as sort of like a premeditated spot for the colonists to go. And I read that it was supposed to be a secret, but Cam told me that it wasn't so secret. It wasn't a secret. He, he was very open about the fact that he had discussed uh, a possible spot to move with his family and with uh, some of the heads of the colony. Uh, but it was supposed to be at a much later date. So it was an idea that they had had, and it was one of the places he was very open about, even with um, the English courts, which is something that he tried to argue to go back for, apparently, at some point, um, because he had ha he had not had the opportunity to go look in that area. So he wanted to, but he had made that an open thing because it didn't really matter for it to be a secret. It's not like he was hiding anything there. He had never been. So, yeah. Well, and one of the reasons that he made his plan so clear, especially with the crown, is because they wanted that area originally to be a part of, um, it was an advantageous location for shipping. And if they were going to establish a colony there, it was it had great shipping routes. It had relatively calm water, which we found was not the case once they got there and saw it. Um, but that this would be a great location to keep tabs on Spain without them being able to see the colonists. 
So it was very much a a well-researched area, which is why John White was made governor and why he was kind of the, the head of this expedition, even though he was just basically an artist. Yeah. He, he went several times and he planned this out very carefully. Yeah. So... But if you're going along with the conspiracy. <laughs> yeah, if you're going along with the conspiracy, it's a bit weird that it is patched out. However, I think the one of the things to think about, too, is that maps do change a lot. And we've talked about that already. Yeah, I mentioned that. Yeah, so. <laughs> right. And maps change constantly. And what it sounds like, so what's, well, at least what some researchers think, is that what he might have actually done is patched over it with the intent to put it back on top of the map and then forgot. So he probably intended on marking that spot out but then forgot to remark that spot out once he covered it. Did you guys hear about the vanishing ink though? No. Okay. So I watched a video on YouTube that um, was a documentary specifically focusing on that map. And they talked about the patch and how it's clearly visible, even with the naked eye. It's, it's just a lot of people looked over it because they were looking at the rest of the map as a whole and not focusing on the small parts. And the interesting part is the patch is covering up that red and blue kind of cross thing that indicated a fort. And then on top of the patch, there is invisible ink that was very commonly used in Elizabethan times to write letters and things like that. And it was used, uh, urine was actually used to make invisible ink. And on top of the patch is an invisible ink drawing of a fort. So why would, why would he bother making that invisible? He was a very talented watercolorist. Why would he go through the trouble of putting an invisible fort on top of something that he covered? That is a secret fort. Yeah. yeah. Secret fort. I mean, and part of me is thinking, I wonder if he was afraid the Spanish were going to catch it or like find the map or something like that. Yeah. But then um, there's also something that I read later on. So after the colony had landed, the guy who the captain, what was his name? Captain's not Spice. That was the guy who drowned. There are so many different captains. But the one who was a privateer went down to do more pillaging and plundering and everything. And there was an Irish man. Ooh, that's how I could find it. It's Irish. Oh, okay. Here we go. I got it. Sorry, guys. I will start that over again. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So the colony was established in 1587, like we said. And after the ship left under Captain Fernando, who was Portuguese, he went back down to the Caribbean to continue looting and raiding and pillaging and everything, all the Spanish ships. Mm -hmm. On his ship was an Irishman who we all know that there's no love lost between the English and the Irish. And this Irishman got off the ship and went to the Spanish and said, Hey, I just want you to know that there is an English colony up North on this Island and gave the exact location. So I'm not sure if John White caught wind of this and knew that the colony, he never mentioned that the colony's location had been figured out, but if the map was purposefully had the location purposefully removed and then added again with invisible ink. I wonder if it's because he feared that the Spanish would find the exact location 
Yeah, that was kind of what I was. That would make sense. Yeah. It was like hiding from the Spanish because they're pretty freaking dangerous right now. (laughs) Right. And the Spanish would have no qualms with killing the English or the natives of the area. And if there's a threat that there's an English colony starting to be established, of course, the Spanish are going to want to take that out. But again, there's no evidence that that happened either. So who knows? That goes into the next group of theories, which is good old fashioned murder. (laughs) Murder. Murder. And this, like you just said, could have been done by like any number of groups in the area. Uh, Any of the tribes who were out to kind of just take out these colonists. Um, Other white people, probably the Spanish. I mean, there was a lot of murder going on at this time, so... Um, But there is an interesting story that I read where apparently Chief Powhatan is said to have claimed that he had the entire colony killed for misusing land and resources. And the story goes that he actually proved to Captain John Smith that he did this by showing like artifacts. I guess he had like part of a musket or something and a um, a mortar and pestle mm-hmm. and um, there's also like some part of the story where either it's because the colonists refused to ally with his tribe and chose to ally with his rivals or I also read something that said that a prophecy had told the chief that uh, people from that area in Roanoke were going to kill his people so he killed them first I also looked into that story and I have the journal of John Smith himself. He never mentions Powhatan ever saying anything about taking out a whole English colony, which would have been important information because John Smith definitely knew about the colony. And it was his goal to make sure that the same thing didn't happen to Jamestown and the more modern colonies after that. Yeah. Thank God for him. The same thing didn't happen. Thank uh, God. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about Jamestown here. Or I guess. Briefly. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that in the next section. Yeah. But yeah, I guess that's a theory that. Um, um, what, were, what was his. Oh, the Powhatan Confederacy, mm-hmm. I guess. But this that also goes into, I guess, some people kind of assumed that. The Roanoke colony somehow found the Jamestown colony, and then they kind of ended up as part of the massacre over there. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I did hear one other piece of information. I didn't find any evidence to substantiate this claim, but some people were saying the reason that John Smith was so interested in what we know as Pocahontas, her actual name is Matawaka, was interested in her because she spoke English and that she was actually related to some of the Roanoke colonists, which I don't know if that's true, but it would hopefully turn around a creepy love story between a grown man and a child to something of, no, he just wanted information from her because she spoke English, but who knows if that's true. Yeah. There's a theory that um, the Pocahontas of the, um, oh, I lost my sentence. <laughs> There's a, a theory that Pocahontas is related to the Dare family. 
that she is either the daughter of John White's daughter or she's the daughter of Virginia. But like, I guess some people actually looked into that and the timeline like doesn't make any sense because no, that wouldn't. Well, Virginia yeah, at least that doesn't would make, make any sense. sense because at the time that Pocahontas was born, Virginia would have only been like 10. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, but I guess she could have been like Virginia's sister. I guess that yeah. timeline kind of works if her mother survived. But like, yeah, that's another theory. Um, and the last murder theory is that the Spanish did it. which you know seems kind of feasible uh because we know basically at the same time the spanish armada attacked england so who knows maybe they went around trying to take out english colonies at the same time and to be fair the spanish they didn't discriminate (laughs) they killed everyone so they probably weren't hunting english colonies they're just hunting living things that didn't fly their flag that's that was the spanish that's so truth yeah yeah, I mean, like we've mentioned, there's a race to colonize everything, and <laughs> they were known to be full of violence, so who knows? But again, the problem with all of these murder theories is that there are no bodies found in the area. And if the Spanish had massacred Roanoke Colony, they wouldn't have taken the bodies. They would have massacred it and left. So they would have that, destroyed everything. That doesn't go along with the fact that the entire settlement itself was dismantled carefully. Yeah, exactly. And so they didn't just show up and murder them. Yeah. Like they didn't like show up, murder them, bury the bodies somewhere far away, and then carefully begin to dismantle the town. <laughs> the Spanish are not going to do that. That would be absolutely absurd. So mm-hmm. yeah. if they were murdered by anybody other than the Spanish, it's also going to be even harder to tell if that ever happened. And we can't really discern any like we can't tell from the grave sites whether or not it was the Roanoke colony because there weren't any on the island. And then otherwise we have no idea who they were. <laughs> yeah. But going into a different type of murder, let's talk about cannibalism. Mm. Oh no. Cave cannibals. Not the cave cannibals again. <laughs> there are caves in this area. So oh, there are caves in the area. Yeah. Cause that's one of the things I looked up is I, I looked it you up and looked there are up? caves. Of course you did. And I, cause well, cause one of my thought, thoughts was what if the ground just swallowed all of them? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you have to say that every time? And like, I was just getting over my last bout of anxiety with that topic. <laughs> I just, I was thinking about it. And like, my thought was, what if they left? And then a couple of them like fell into a cave, which is not uncommon in an area with caves and then they all went to go try and save that person and most of them just died off leaving not enough to survive and then they just died that was like my original (laughs) thought uh there's no evidence of that and there's no theory out there that says that so i just imagine them all like lemmings like oh whoop i'm gonna go down the cave oh there's another okay i'm gonna go down the cave too hey me too okay me too and then just one by one 118 (laughs) colonists just go into a cave and are never seen again (laughs) Oh my god. Okay. So th- so if they resorted Animals. to cannibalism, this would not be the first time this has happened. Uh just to bring Jamestown. Or the last. Uh yeah, that that's unfortunately true. Um, so w- I'm gonna go ahead and bring up this quote from Jamestown. You I'm, have to read it. You want me to read it yes. l- like it is written? Yes. Yeah, like in a southern accent, you know, like is, the English did. Is, is this yeah. <laughs> nothing was spared? to maintain life and to do those things which seem incredible as to dig up dead corpse 
out of the ground or out of graves and to eat them. And some have licked up the blood which hath fallen from their weak fellows. Governor <laughs> account from Jamestown. Thank um, you. The beautiful English accent. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's that was their accent. I'm, I'm confident <laughs> in that fact. Um, but anyway, that that's what happened to Jamestown. Uh, it's very, very well known that Jamestown most likely had to resort to cannibalism. What happened to them, you might ask? Uh, winter happened. So oh. a very similar situation, though. Uh, if I remember right, it was John Smith, right, who ended up leaving. He died, uh, unfortunately for him, very unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> but he died when he got back to England eventually. So he was never able to come back, leaving the people of Jamestown just to fend for themselves and they didn't know how to spoiler alert uh some people do argue that they did not resort to cannibalism however they have found what they believe to be a 14 year old girl's uh skeletal remains with knife cuts in the bones mm. so gonna say well, so you just read a quote yeah well that's the other thing is there's literally quotes from their governor who talks about how people were licking blood from each other. And also it's been proven that they had gone so far, like they had eaten their horses. Then they started eating cats and dogs. And then they started eating the rats. And once they were out of all of that, they were just out of food to eat. And this happened within a year time span, not three years. That's a worse issue to me because we have three times as long for this to happen to the Roanoke colony. So it is absolutely feasible that the Roanoke colony completely fell into despair and wiped themselves out. Most likely they didn't do, most likely it wasn't cannibalism because you would have found remains. Um, or at least it wasn't cannibalism within the colony's walls. And that's another thing is if they had tried to travel, cannibalism could still be a factor because at some point mm -hmm. these people who are not survivalists would run out of food. And they would be tired. And I don't know if anyone's ever walked 50 miles, but it's a long way, after, especially after swimming a three mile river. So it's, it's a long it's like a triathlon. Yeah, exactly. And it's a triathlon with minimal food. And one of them is carrying a baby. So two of them, there were two babies born. Oh, two babies. Okay. Yeah. So two babies. And who knows if any more were born in that time where they went missing. Cause again, there's three years there. So yeah, cannibalism, according to Jamestown, at least, uh, absolutely a possibility. So, but yeah, I, I thought that governor's quote from Jamestown just sums that up. And Jamestown happened way later, too. Mm -hmm. So in theory, Jamestown should have been even more equipped. I mean, they had like horses and stuff like that. Like they had a better built up society in theory, but they still messed up. Yeah, they still didn't realize that they should probably send people who know how to do stuff. Yeah, there. I still don't I don't get it. I don't it's like it's like I told Ali, like it's like bringing a group of high schoolers to the mountains, dropping them off with a tent and a knife and being like, good luck. That's mm -hmm. it's not going to go well. Well, and not only that, but a bunch of teenagers who are from the the upper crust of society who have literally never done anything for themselves. Yeah. Trying to figure this out. But yeah. then again, my my thought just now was. Why would royals even consider sending peasants? It's an expensive right. trip. Like, why would you even consider peasants? I, I guess just to funding, make sure there's sending random people there and then they all end up dying anyway. So you just have to keep. Well, they sent their to go back. To be fair, they sent their soldiers and their soldiers died. So I guess they were like, if we're going to risk this, then we're going to send the people that don't matter because we can't afford soldiers right now. So. Well, and I'm, I still don't understand how they failed so badly. I mean, the coast of. 
North Carolina is verdant and it's full of animal and plant life. I just fail. Big time fail. Chasing yeah. after deer with their bare hands. Just couldn't get to them. That's, I guess that's what it was. <laughs> the gunpowder got wet and they, they didn't want to use stone tools because they thought that was beneath them. I, I will say, how awful would it be if we just eventually excavate a site that turns out to just be a mass group of bones that looks like it's from roughly about 100 people because these people all ate poisonous berries or some shit like that? Because that's also a total possibility that an entire group of people <laughs> eat something they think is safe and then Look, just... I found berries. Everyone mm-hmm. drops at once. Cool. Yeah. That'd be cool. That'd be that'd fun. Be cool. Yeah. yeah. That'd be a weird ending to this mystery. Yeah. So the next section I put in here was about um, some fun, like indigenous lore. Yeah. Um, uh, We just talked about cannibals. And so that kind of goes along with the Wendigo, who is a a spirit. I've seen it a few different ways. Sarah, correct me if I'm wrong. (laughs) Um, I've seen it as the Wendigo as a spirit that possesses somebody who has become a cannibal. I've mm-hmm. also seen it where it's somebody who is a cannibal who kind of transforms into a Wendigo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I've also heard both. So, Unfortunately, that, I've never seen one. So yes, <laughs> I believe like the the modern beliefs, like scientifically, of where that came from would be consumption, right? Like that that need to like consume flesh after you have like a parasite could be Mm. where it came from Mm. but uh, also yeah the the more the more legend versions of this are a lot more terrifying than that so basically like a deer person that eats people Mm -hmm. in some versions depends on where you look at though there's a lot of different versions of that yeah yeah but this one does actually make sense to the area because sorry i don't know how to say algonquian algonquin algonquin that is, I guess, part of their story specifically is the Wendigo is in there. Um, also, I don't know, again, what I was reading, but I did see something else. I could not find what it was. I couldn't find a name for it or any other specific stories. But I found a story that there's apparently some kind of spirit that absorbs people into the forest if they mistreat Ooh. nature. So basically the theory there is that the colonists didn't go anywhere. They became trees. but i couldn't find that anywhere so i don't know if that's actually like a an indigenous story or if it's something people made up i've never heard that before i mean obviously like we're not homogenous i don't know every story from every tribe but that's that's a cool that's a cool theory yeah i'm I'm looking out the window at all the trees and i'm like "Uh oh (laughs) my neighbors moved out i don't know where they went but uh that, that tree is new (laughs) <laughs> I was just thinking like instead of like baby con trees, like they just get absorbed into whatever wood is nearby. So like you look at the pillars the that fence. built the town and like someone just missed a <laughs> face sticking out of it. Oh. <laughs> I wouldn't mention it if I was one of the people that found that. I would just like tip the pole <laughs> and just move on with my life. Yeah, but like like I said, I couldn't actually find anything about that and I researched specific tribes in the area and i researched the island itself and i couldn't find a name to this alleged spirit but who knows maybe it's kind of been lost but the story is still but anyway i do think it's really cool absorb people into trees that is swamp thing shit yeah that's great if anybody out there knows the story let us know well i dare someone to talk about the next topic (laughs) Uh... okay the dare stones 
no, this theory rocks. So the first of these stones <laughs> was found in 1937. Uh, I um, <laughs> uh, the first of these was found in 1937. Uh, it was found in what I understand to be like a marsh or kind of swampland uh, randomly. And it is essentially just a giant 21 pound rock. So it is big. Uh, it's very, very big. But there were then, after this happened a couple of years later, uh, around like 40 something, over 40 more popped up. Uh, and they were all supposedly carved by Eleanor Dare, which was John White's daughter. And it apparently describes the demise of the colony. Um, and then there's some that tell how they joined another tribe in Georgia. Then Eleanor married the chief, had a child, uh, and then she dies with the child surviving. As you might be wondering, for one, if they went to a different place, then how come the stones were all found kind of in the same place? That'd be a good question. Uh, but I did want to go into, I, I wanted to say real quick that, so eventually you might be wondering, are these stones real? Because a lot of other people were, and no, all of them, except for one, <laughs> all of them, except for the very first one were proven to be fake, but the first one is most likely real. There's no proof that it's fake. There's nothing to indicate that it was made by anyone in modern times slash after 1900. So yeah, the problem with the, the ones after the first one is it's pretty easy to tell that they were made with a drill. Yeah. Uh, it comes down to a crystal skull situation, which is another conspiracy. I don't think we've ever, ever actually even brought up on this show, but which is surprising, but the crystal skull thing, for those who don't know, a bunch of crystal skulls were found uh, relating to supposedly different mind prophecies. The truth is, is that the majority of them were made by modern technology where there were like two that were originally found or something like that, that are actually real. Uh, so it's, it's a similar situation to that where it's hard to say whether or not that original one's real because there were so many fakes, but it seems to be real. And the man who found it immediately brought it to researchers because he thought it was interesting. Um, we do have side one and side two of the rock because uh, they were conserving rocks at the time. Read it in the Very accent. good at that. I could. This one's harder to read. Uh, yeah, this one is difficult to read, but I will attempt it. But I did want to bring up before we read this. So harking all the way back to the Squatty Templars cross, we mentioned how that was supposed to be a marking, right? To show that they were leaving or whatever, or whatever happened. The top of this rock has part of it. So yeah, it has the cross. It's missing the little edges on three of the lines, but it does have one edge on it. So it is what I was kind of thinking. Yeah, is it looks like almost a Maltese cross, but not quite. That's what leads me to believe that this one is absolutely real because it fits with the lore of Rona colony. It makes sense with what they were looking for. Anyway, I'm going to try and read this. Um, I'm going to read it. Is easy. I'm going to read it in a deeper voice than I'm going to assume Eleanor had. <laughs> so uh, yeah. that part's not going to be accurate. Anas Dare and Virginia went hence unto heaven 1591. Any Englishman shoe, John White Gover via. The via is Virginia. Ah, Virginia. Uh, Father, soon after you go for England, we came hither. Only misery uh, and war to year. Above half dead ear toe, ear more from sickens been four and twenty salvage with message of ship unto us 
small space of time, they a fright of revenge ran all away. We believe it, not you. Uh, soon after, ye savages feigned spirits, uh, angry. Sudden murder, I'll save seven. My child, Anais, to slain with much misery. Bury all near four miles east of this river upon small hill. Names writ all there on rock. Put this there also. Uh, salvage shoe this unto you and hither we promise to give you to give promise to you give great plenty presents awd holy god that is such a long note how long was she at this i know like how do you scrape all that into a rock Oh my God. Yeah. It's that's gotta be a pain in the ass. Um, it's just so, so people understand what it's talking about essentially is it's talking, um, it's giving us how many people died. It talks about the fact that her husband died. Uh, he died in great misery. Um, and it also says that they are buried about four miles East of the river upon a small Hill. So a lot of the bodies, if this is correct, they're actually buried together somewhere. But this proves my earlier point about what's his face being lazy because <laughs> often <laughs> this, this is a good point to that. Even if it's not real, it at least makes it, it shows like this could be real, but it shows the idea that obviously some of them would have died along the journey. The truth is, is not all people, not everyone's making it on that journey. It's just not how journeys worked at the time anyway, even when they were fully set up. So it, it just isn't realistic, but this says that they're buried on a small hill about four miles east of the river. Who knows how accurate that is? It's probably not accurate at all, but it at least gives us an idea of probably where the evidence is for the disappearance of the Roanoke colony. Um, and it also says that one of the most important parts of this to me is that names written on written there on a rock. So the names are written apparently on a rock by that hill. So this isn't the only rock, if that's true. Mm. That means that there is another one that is real. So which means there's one we haven't found because all the other ones were proven fake except for this one, which means there's another one that's by a hill somewhere that you could probably find. And where did you, sorry, where did you say the dirt, dirt stone was found? Okay, so a California man found it uh, in 1937 while driving through the Carolina coastal region, uh, and it was found in like a marsh area. So it was around the Carolina coast, not anywhere specific. I don't think the guy was necessarily expecting to find it, but it was. I mean, again, this isn't like a small rock, so it's also something that I'm kind of surprised people missed for so long. But again, it hasn't been proven to be a fake. It would also be a really weird thing to fake like this specifically. The fakes afterwards aren't surprising because it garnered a lot of attention. Right, and so, weren't all the other stones found in the 1930s as well? Yeah, they were found. Like, like what are the odds? Like four they were found like right after, right after they found this one. People were like, "Oh my god, here's all." I of found them. one too. Oh yeah. my goodness! But I think what this does is it shows that they did survive. And one thing I wanted to bring up: so earlier, Sarah, you mentioned that the that the queen brought up the Spanish as savages, right? Yes. So I reread this and reread this since you said that the, while we've been recording this. And one thing that I've noticed is there men- there mentions a ship there mentions a message and then it mentions uh so it mentions that something came hither 
but it mentions that she doesn't think that it was that she didn't think it was her father. Then she mentions that it was misery and war. And then she goes on to say uh, savages, which most people equate typically try and equate to the natives in the area. Mm -hmm. But I'm almost wondering if that's not a direct relation to the Spanish, Mm. which makes me wonder not if they were massacred by the Spanish, but if they ran from them. Mm. Because you'd be able to see them in the distance. I mean, and again, warships didn't necessarily move very fast. So you'd be able to see them quite a ways off and they flew flags. So So their their sails. Who was reporting this? This was um, his child, Eleanor Dare. And she was the one that also had a child, Um, which good for her. She survived childbirth back then. That's impressive. Yeah. I Um, I read that she was six months pregnant on the journey over. Oh, yeah. That is, that is gnarly. That's yeah. yeah. (laughs) So if anyone wants to debate the fairer sex or the weaker sex, bring it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think this is very important because again, there's no reason to assume that it's fake right now. So for all assumptions, it's very real. And it tells us pretty much everything that happened, but it doesn't give us a definitive ending, which I think also fits this mystery because if she's writing this on a rock, they are lost at this point. They probably don't know where they are. They probably don't have much time left. They've buried a lot of their people, which means they've spent a lot of time burying people. It takes time to do that. So now they are without people. They're tired. They're probably running out of resources. They probably just died in the forest somewhere, most likely. That's what this would allude to. But I did think it was kind of interesting. And like, it, you can read it if you want. Maybe we'll put it in the newsletter. But it is a difficult thing to read. And it's hard to understand exactly what's going on. What we do yeah. know, yeah. What we do know is that uh, seven people were still alive at this point, from what it seems. Uh, but it seems like her child and her husband both died. Mm. So, yeah, that that is that is the dare stone, and it is very important. It is also something that um, Scott Dawson I never saw brought up in any of the interviews. He might bring it up in his mm-hmm. book, but he never brought it up in any interviews where he was talking about it. It's a piece of it. While he says people ignore evidence, he completely ignores this one. So, yeah. that's a huge issue. Another important thing to remember while you're reading what is on the dare stones or any of the other works um something that i noticed specifically um is all the spelling is really weird and none of it is consistent Mm -hmm. but during elizabethan times they didn't have a set way of spelling anything so however you wanted to spell something was how you spelled it so for instance when earlier when you said salvages um white does spell savages that way and he also spells it the way that we currently spell it okay so that's very much you should see my my word document is just constant red underlines of you're spelling things wrong well this one alone has it says it has 99 mistakes so yeah 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 they Um, they could not agree on anything much less spelling Moving on, the other theory is just they tried to build a boat, apparently. That's I saw a theory that said that they tried to build a boat and just sail back on their own. And I just said, I hope not. <laughs> yeah. Because that means they're just dead in the ocean. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's why they dismantled their houses, was to build a boat. <laughs> it's true. 
it wouldn't actually surprise me if they did dismantle the houses to try and build a raft to get across the river, like get more people exactly. across the river. Yeah, yeah that's true. Too. That yeah. makes sense to me. Yeah, that makes that makes perfect sense. So that's I would assume that that's that, that theory doesn't really explain everything, but it probably does explain part of it, to be honest. No, I just thought it was funny. Like, yeah. Let's just build our own. Yeah. Um, um, also fun. Abducted by aliens. Yeah. Of course. Classic. It's not any evidence. Classic. It's no proof. Well, I mean, we can't. That's the point. Is we can't they never leave evidence. evidence. Yeah. They just shoot. Well, um, and the English clearly couldn't grow crops, so there aren't any crop circles. Duh. <laughs> oh, man. Maybe it was the aliens that took apart their camp. Maybe they were just carefully taking it apart, trying to investigate like the culture and what they were mm. building. And they were like, how come these colonists sail over here to build these really shitty cabins when <laughs> like the Mayans are building pyramids and the Egyptians have been building giant monuments for centuries at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah. But anyway, there's one more theory. Is this something you made up? No, <laughs> no. I'll just read it. <laughs> uh, EWD, otherwise known as Eleanor white dare uh, murder in paradise. Maybe, maybe she killed everyone. She seems to have all the information according to the dare stone on how everyone died. And she does say that her husband suffered, which is like, she doesn't write (laughs) how anyone else died except for like, she just is like my child. And then she's like, my husband was slain with much misery. (laughs) um, She also uses the word slain there. I I feel like I should bring that back up. So he was killed. Yeah. He, I don't think you'd say slain if he just kind of fell down dead. Like he was obviously killed. Um, but she did say misery. Is she the inspiration? Stephen King hit us up. Or is she the inspiration for misery? <laughs> Tell us. Yes, please. I hope so. I'm just going to say that there's a possibility that Eleanor dare just killed everyone. So all 117 people single-handedly. Maybe if you combine it with the cave nice. theory, she was like, guys, come look at this. And just one by one. <laughs> fell in. But then there were a few, maybe that's what the hill is, is there was a cave on the hill and they're buried there because she just dropped everyone in. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I think that makes perfect sense. That's totally not me skewing what she wrote. Um, I like yeah. the story a lot better with her as the murderer. I think it's a lot more fun. It is. Also, you go, girl. You know, you show up in an area. Nobody else is doing their shit. Everyone just expects you to have a baby. And you're like, you know what? No, fuck those. And you just kill everyone. That's (laughs) that's, makes perfect sense. I imagine the other survivors didn't know it. Like, because she says there's a few still alive. I imagine she's like sitting there maniacally scrawling on this rock. (laughs) (laughs) And they're they're like, are you ready yet? And she's like, hold on. Hold on. And she kills the rest of them. Maybe she goes and she lives a happy life somewhere else across North America. Yeah. I mean, sitting there carving into a rock is definitely a, like a crazy person thing to do. Just yeah. <laughs> sitting there. I imagine her hair all wild and everything. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I imagine at that point, she's probably got like completely tattered clothing. Even if she didn't kill people, like she's got to be losing her mind a little bit. At that for point. sure. Yeah. 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 This is not what she signed up for. Yeah, absolutely not. But yeah, I mean, those are... Those are all the pieces, I mean, of so what the fuck happened? And theories at the moment. But like, <laughs> yeah, who knows what happened? Well. But what do we think happened? Well, Sarah, what do you think happened? I think it was a combination of a lot of things. I think partially a lot of people died in that first year. I think 
that they probably tried to get to the mainland. And I think that there probably was some assimilation, um, mostly because last night I watched a documentary that they're trying to start doing DNA testing on locals to see if any of Mm -hmm. them have any relation to the original colony. So that's my hope is that they find that some of the colonists are still alive um, and that they avoid the word Croton forever, just (laughs) out of like bad luck, you know? I don't know. If I found out that I was related to the Roanoke colony, I would get that tattooed on my body. So yeah. Yeah. It's worth it. Or at least the cross. The little yeah. Little cross. Oh, that could be the T. That'd be perfect. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh gee. I almost said something inappropriate. Oh geez. <laughs> so that's yeah. what you believe then. I mean aliens. Aliens? That's fair. Yeah, aliens. I think that's fair. Cam, yeah. what do you think? Is it Eleanor kill them all? I don't think she actually killed him. I think it's a fun story, though. I think that would be a very fun story. I'd watch that slasher film. Yeah, that'd be amazing. That would be really dark and fun. I was going to say that Christopher Columbus's ghost killed them all, but we all know he never made it to North America, so that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> um, I what I think probably happened is I think it's probably a similar thing to Jamestown. Uh, I think probably infighting amongst the colony. And what ended up happening is they probably became desperate. They weren't going to leave that colony unless they were desperate. They had no need to. And they definitely weren't going to leave it without more evidence of where they were going. I mean, it's like people journaled things. They wrote things down. That's how we know this even happened. So the fact that there's no evidence and they didn't leave anything behind saying like, we went here, there's only a word carved into a tree. means they were probably desperate. means they were probably trying to just leave as fast as possible. And I think that that's, probably what happened. I think one thing that people don't really mention is they don't really mention exactly when these people would have disappeared. And I kind of wonder if it wasn't in the winter. Colonies struggled the most during the winter at this time. So I think there's a good chance that that's what it was. And it makes me, so like what I've been thinking about, like I know I brought up, maybe they built a raft out of the things they tore down. What I actually think they might've built is a small bridge. One thing that this channel does do is it freezes over. However, there's a narrow middle section that doesn't. And I don't know how wide or thin that gets, but winters change. And there's a possibility that if it still freezes and has a narrow channel now, that it did then as well. And it freezes hard enough to where you can walk on it. So like people say, you can bounce rocks off of it. So I'm almost wondering if they left in the middle of the winter built a bridge to get over the narrow section that didn't have ice, which would make the most sense too, because they're not making it across that water in a boat. I don't think, I think they would have had to walk it, which means they would have taken the ice and that would have made sense for the timeline for when they need to leave, because you're not going to run out of food necessarily when everything's bright and shiny, you have the means to survive in that case, at least for a while. So the winter is going to be the one that tests you the most. Um, I think they probably split up though. I think the dare stone is real. And if, with it being real, it doesn't mention that like a hundred of them died, which means she was probably in a smaller group. So I think her group probably didn't fare very well as other groups probably didn't. And there's probably a good chance since it was found along the coastline that she was heading to Croatoan Island, or at least in the direction that she thought it was going to be. But yeah, I think that's what happened. I think they split up. I think that's probably why we find artifacts scattered along the way. They probably dropped things, let things go. So they weren't carrying so much weight. 
and they probably died along the way. I would be surprised if more than like a handful of them actually made it anywhere. I'd be surprised if any of them actually made it anywhere, to be honest, but it would be kind of cool to find out that some of them did make it. I just highly doubt. I don't think it's plausible. I think you don't leave unless there's a dire circumstance to leave or unless you're being led away. And I think that this shows that there was probably a dire circumstance. So that's what I think. Well, I, I have something, sorry, I have something to kind of disagree with that. Actually, I have my, my handy dandy um, journal from John White here. And he says, I'm not going to read it in a Southern accent because I can't do accents very well. Um, He says, as we entered up the sandy bank upon a tree in the very brow thereof were curiously carved these fair Roman letters CRO, which letters presently we knew to signify the place where I should find the planters seated. According to the secret token agreed between them and me at my last departure from them, which was that in any ways they should not fail to write or carve on the trees or posts of the doors, the name of the place where they should be seated. For at my coming away, they were prepared to remove from Roanoke 50 miles into the main. So before he even left, they were ready to go 50 miles into the main, which again, the main could mean coastline or it could mean the mainland. I'm not really sure. Right. Yeah. Um, so he says, therefore, at my departure from them in anno 1587, I willed them that if they should happen to be distressed to pray, that's when he talks about the, the cross and everything. But I think that they were, they were ready to move, but that they probably all just drowned or something like that. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what I was going to say for what I think. Yeah is clearly they didn't stay on the island. So Unless they got swallowed by a cave. And took the, all the houses with them. Yes. So, yeah. But I think they must have been at least prepared to go across the river and get somewhere else. Mm. And then shit happened. <laughs> um, it seems like they probably went for the mainland route or maybe they went the wrong direction on accident thinking they were going towards the island and then they accidentally went into mainland North Carolina. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't really know what else to say after that. It, it's pretty clear that they didn't make it very far or they assimilated themselves into something, whether that be with the indigenous people or they managed to find some other settlement. I think either way they, they became part of something else or they died somewhere where we're never going to find them very easily. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of what I think. <laughs> yeah. Just the landscape alone proves difficult for trying to find any evidence of them at all. Anyway. I mean, there was a lot of marshy areas, mm-hmm. which yeah. is very hard to find bodies. In. <laughs> I mean, it'll preserve them well, hopefully. So maybe yeah, someday maybe we'll find all hundred colonists at the bottom of the marsh. Ooh, bog bodies. <laughs> bog bodies are a whole other thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Join us next time for Bog Body. Yeah, for now, I think that's all of the Roanoke colony and where the fuck did they go? I I just want to bring up as like a last point real quick that uh, alligators are known to wander the marshes in this area. So she's scrawling on this rock in an alligator infested marsh. (laughs) She's lost her mind. (laughs) (laughs) And then probably eaten by an alligator. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's what happened. (laughs) It's Um, like in... um, 
Monty Python and the Holy Grail where he like trails off at the very end and he's carving <laughs> the castle of Gmah. <laughs> oh my god. Alright, well that that is Roanoke for you. Um yeah, they disappeared. We don't know where they are. If you know where they are, let everyone know because that's a weird thing to keep a secret. <laughs> anyway, let us know what you think about the conspiracy. Let us know if you have relatives who you believe might be, have Roanoke ancestry. There we go, that works. Mm. Um, yeah, let us know. And if you're Scott Dawson, let me know. I think you're lazy. <laughs> I, I don't care. Where you, can you find us on the internet? You can find us exactly there on the interwebs. Wow. We're all over the webs. If you type in the correct thing, we're there. Yeah. Also be sure to give us five stars on all of the podcasts. We love you. Yeah, give us five oh, stars. And, and we also love the Spanish and everybody else we talked about. Take it easy. Like Sarah said, uh, if you didn't like the show, let us know in those five star reviews. Yeah. We always, we love hearing about it in the five-star reviews. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Yes. You can also find our newsletter at tinyletter.com slash conspiracywhat. Yeah. And you can also donate if you think we're really cool. Uh, Give us a tip. Yeah. At ko-fi.com slash conspiracywhat. And that's K-O-F-I. Yep. Because apparently they like making it complicated. Anything that we get just goes to trying to keep ads off this. Um, also let us know if you'd ever be interested in merch or anything like that. If you've ever looked at our Instagram or Facebook, you'll see the posters of Burb. He's always in a different poster, always in a different horrible situation. I actually start to feel bad for him after a while because it's just constantly in a terrible situation. Um, Stop being mean to Burb. Free the Burb. But yeah, uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I'm Cameron. I'm Allie. And I'm Sarah. Remember to always stay stitious, and if you're going to go somewhere without telling anyone, make sure to scrawl out Croatoan on a wall or a tree or whatever you can, really. Every time I move out of an apartment, I'm just going to write Croatoan on the wall and cram. Make those your last words, friends. Yeah. Keep the mystery alive. Bye.